Hello, welcome back to Tweet the Leader New Podcast. And this is just a special edition that, hey, I just thought that I wanted to have an open conversation today. And we wanted to just bring back vibrant individuals who are doing amazing things in the community. And today, community is having, there's so much things going on in the community. And we need so much support. We need so much connecting. Um, and today, I have the amazing Jennifer DeCoast um, from life schoolhouse amazing community leader amazing designer how can i whatever what what else can i say about you jennifer how are you welcome to tweet the leading podcast i i'm 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 well thank you so much and to get that kind of a recommendation from you like the supreme connector of community that's really lovely (laughs) yeah yeah you know Jennifer, I, I admire your work and I admire you. I remember meeting Jennifer um, back, I think it was, was it last year we met each other? Last year, I think? Or a year Probably. Ago. That would have been the first time in this lifetime, but this yeah, is Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just connecting and being able to take care of self. And today we're going to be talking about community development, but also from a focus of how to support each other and how to support um, ourselves as we connect in community and, and build. And so, Jennifer, I'm going to start this conversation. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about the work you do um, to start up this conversation so that individuals know who's listening to this podcast. So, yeah. That's funny. We were just talking about this yesterday, how, like, that dinner party conversation, that question, where it's like, what do you do for a living? I, I have never had the right answer for that because, yeah. um, it you know, it's all the things. Um, I'm a mom. I have two boys and I have many critters running around all over the place. I live in a rural community in Nova Scotia. Uh, I do my work all over the world, but I love where I am. I'm very intentional about the work that I do here. I would say I'm a community testing, caretaker. Testing, one, two, testing, testing, testing. That's okay. We had a bit of a, a background noise there. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So like community caretaker has kind of been my role for many years. And it's really just about how I wanted to to raise my kids, how I want to help raise kids in our own community, how I want to build the world that I want to live in. So that's my. That's so amazing. Um, one of the things talking about you being as a mother first, it's so important knowing that you start your community from your household. And that's how we should always start that that's our first um, obligation um, and connecting with ourselves and our family members um, before serving and going out to community is really important. Um, Jennifer, we're going to go into the conversation, but I just want to know, I've been asking questions um, about defining community in your own personal way. So what does community mean to you and how do you define it? Yeah, let's go into that. I mean, it's meant different things to me at different points in my life, for sure. Um, you know, I remember in my 20s, and you're trying to you know, move to a new place, and you try to just meet people, like have a sense of neighborliness or like a sense of safety associated with knowing others. Um, living in big cities, that's always been been a big factor of community for me. But every every year that passes, I think I understand community differently. And ultimately, to me, community is connections, to connections that that have a sense of, of dignity, where you feel, feel seen and, and, and valued in your connection with the others around you, validated it for your uniqueness, 
is also really important to me, reciprocity. Um, so when I lean in that there are others that are leaning in with me, um, all of that is the type of, uh, is, is how I would define um, strong connections with community. Seeing and value. Mm-hmm. I love those two words that stood out to me. What are your values as a leader, as a person who does a lot of things, but what do you stand for as you approach community? What are your 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 uh, yeah values, passions, yeah connections in that area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, that is like <laughs> the big question, isn't it? It is. It's a big oh one. my! I mean, I know what I say no to lately. I'm getting really clear about that. Like, I think for me, how my work in community shows up is that it has to center around care. Care um, care for all kinds of different people who are in my community. Care at the center of the work. Like care is the work for me. And yeah. if there, if that is the piece that's missing, no matter how exciting the project is, no matter what else might be going on, the people might be well-trusted individuals in my life. But if we're not centered on care at the core of the work, care at the center of the relationship, um, it, yeah, it, it just doesn't work for me at this stage. I think that there's an evolution. The way that I do my work is, like you said, it's a lot of it's in my home. Like a lot of it involves like very vulnerable um, connections with others. And it's like the opposite of that extractive nature of patriarchy, right? Like it, the, the model of, of scaling this work really small and deep and uh, in a horizontal way how we can do our work just with the few things that we have um, and with the power that rests around like a kitchen table or, you know, just um, being together with other humans that we care for. That's something that guides me in choosing where to give my time and my power and my attention. And um, that's been, yeah, really formative for me and coming together with a lot more clarity, I'd say over the last five to 10 years. Wow, that's so amazing. And it's it's so good to put different settings and tune and welcoming people. And I love the kitchen style um, conversation when you're bringing people and gathering them. I love the fire, fire on uh, wood fire under the, um, under a uh, uh, wooden um, fire in the woods to connecting. Talking about you have a, an amazing um, place where you live, Firelock, which is an amazing um, place of peace, calmness, welcoming, um, space, atmosphere. Let's talk a little bit about Firelock. What is Firelock and, and all that good stuff? And then I have, I have a part two question to that um, that connects to how are you ensuring that all voices are heard in your community, but also through the presence of Firelock as well. Yeah. And I might back it up for a second to explain a little bit about Life Schoolhouse, too, because that's how we landed here. But Life Schoolhouse is a nonprofit where we've kind of rebirthed folk schools as a, as a method of drawing community together. So imagine like people coming together in my kitchen in small groups, like eight, ten people, uh, where neighbors were teaching each other skills, often like skills of resilience, like how to... Uh, from a food security perspective, how do we use what we have uh, in community and, and, and extend that the, the food 
preserve the food as long as possible, like canning and, and um, other types of food preservation and cooking for each other, but also, you know, wood carving and no, knitting and sewing and weaving and languages and clay and art for joy. And so we've done lots of different programming over the years. I think we're pushing 3000 workshops in the last six years in various places and spaces, but it really just started at my kitchen table where neighbors could come together and, and teach each other all of our programming has always been barter based. So there's no money that's involved in people gathering through the life schoolhouse. Anyone who comes to teach a skill is offering that skill freely to their community. And the people who are coming to learn the skill are individuals who are bringing gifts to barter for the skill. So I'm going to bring you, if I've made banana bread, I'm going to make an extra loaf for you. Or if I have, you know, even just a poem to share or something that I've made or built or have extra of the idea is that we can build community by exchanging these gifts with each other. So we ran that programming for years, couple years. It was started to expand, and people were doing all kinds of great things before the pandemic. Um, and then pandemic times just shifted a lot of community building. Like that was that was hard. Those couple of years were really challenging. How we think about togetherness when we couldn't be together right like how do you keep the community connected so we live in the Atlantic bubble we were very much still able to gather in small groups which was kind of our jam so we felt the pressure to continue programming during the time where we were also feeling like this grief and this weight of the world and da, da, da. so um yeah we just kept doing program and expanding we did like a lot of food based programming, feeding our community and, and connecting and taking care of each other, which is great. But also I had two kids that were home. They didn't go to school for what felt like two years. Like it was very heavy and, and hard. And I experienced a lot of burnout. Like it was really challenging. And I looked around and thought, my goodness, I'm sharing this model, this model of community development that asks a ton of vulnerability. Like you're those who want to host folk schools are doing so in their homes or, or that at least they're, you know, they're being the primary organizer in a community space, like in a third space, like they're gathering at a library or they're gathering in a park or, but they're still taking on that role of caretaking. The hosts who are organizing this are doing, are doing a lot. And my worry was, oh, I don't want to be the person that's inviting others into burnout. Uh, what have I learned about how this feels in my body and how can I help teach others how to continue to do really good, important work in our communities, but not get to that point where you feel like you can't stop or where the work that you're doing that brings you so much joy is also, you know, bleeding you dry in terms of your energy. Cause that happens a lot with nonprofit work. It happens a lot with community led volunteer based projects like the life schoolhouse. So yeah, we left the city. We moved uh, a couple of years ago, just two actually exact years ago this month. And, um, We've built out this space called Firelock, and the intention in this retreat space is to provide programming for the nonprofit sector, for charities, for anyone who's contributing in the community sector right. to come and rest and rejuvenate, to find some peace, to find each other, to build kind of connections with each other so that those supports with others who are doing really good, deep work in community have a chance to talk about it, talk about some of the things that you don't want to say out loud to anybody else, or maybe things that people wouldn't understand because they're not in the work. Firelock is, is this space for Atlantic Canadians who are doing this work to come together and talk about how we do a better job of taking care of our caretakers 
who are out in the community and organizing all kinds of different community-based gatherings. So that is that is our newest project. And it's definitely an evolution from one to the next because it, as all social innovation is, once you swim upstream a little bit and you figure out, you know, what are the, why, why people keep falling in the river, then you, you have, uh, you can't unsee that. And then you have to do the work that you can do to contribute to making that change too. So yeah, wow. we found burnout and then tried to find our way to contribute to, to solving for it. And wow. that's where our luck came from. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I think I, I heard the full story file up, but I think I'm hearing, hearing this uh, clear perspective of Firelock now, which is really good. Um, and Firelock is, is a space I've been, I've experienced it myself being in, in the woods and being able to uh, have wooden, well, pizza on a wooden oven stove <laughs> and being able to connect with um, individuals from different perspectives and being able to just sing along and laugh and, and enjoy um, life and being able to be in peace and, and stuff like that. And that's what's supporting each other during the time of need and during the time of just comfort and just wanting to just be heard and, and, and wanting to be loved on and, and wanting to be supported and stuff like that. How are you feeling as a leader who works hard every day to serve community? That, that's, that's a question that sometimes people, we don't ask that question. How are you feeling? How are, how are you doing? Um, because we feel like sometimes we expect so much from leaders to say, oh, you got this. You, you have to do this. You got this. And you're passionate. So what else can you do? So how are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, better now. Because there's been so much work that needed to be done over the last couple of years to understand how I got myself in that place that I'd been in before. I would yeah. say, how am I feeling now? Hopeful. Yeah. I'm a part of so many fascinating conversations with partners like all over the world um, who are really talking more about like the practices of peace building, the practices of horizontal organizing. So that reciprocity piece that I spoke about earlier, like if I'm going to do this, what we've said about firelock is like, I can only get it so far. I can create the space and I can host the space. I can make sure that when, when you come here, you feel joy and you feel the love, you feel access to those things at the very least, but I need a whole lot of people contributing to the vision who have many different talents, people who can come here who are arts therapists, people who have a background in, trauma, people who, you know, are healing practitioners. Um, I, I can do what I can do. And I definitely need others to lean in with their skills for this to be successful. And I'm so hopeful because I'm really seeing that type of horizontal organizing. People are starting to get it. People are starting to show up for it differently. Like it isn't about build a business and sell things and pitch hard and take away from what other people are building for the betterment of your own initiative. Like it's really about how do we, how do we take where, what we have, what we've identified as a challenge too, and, and then pull together all of the skills uh, and not ask one person to do everything anymore. And that brings me such hope. Um, I've definitely been in situations in the past where it did feel like if I didn't show up and do all of the things, it wouldn't happen. And that's a, that's a big push, right? That's a, yeah. 
push that I was, I was taught to push through. Um, and this type of organizing, it really feels more like a pull, like we're being asked. And so we're responding, but we're doing it together. Um, it feels a lot healthier to scale that way instead of trying to scale everything upwards and bigger and better and uh, more visible. You're like, no, I'm just going to be over here in the woods. The work yeah. that we're doing is quiet. The work that we're doing is important. It's maybe with a smaller group of people, but each one of them, if they if we do our work well, they're going to go out and have impact in the world. And yeah. that's, that's how we have the, um, the ripples in the pond that I guess will reach much further. Yeah. It feels good. It brings me hope. Ah, I like that word hope. Hope is all we be hopeful. Well, see, I'm using hope. Hope <laughs> is all we hope for and how we want to just connect. And, and yeah, I feel so, so the same that we can do this work alone. It, it, it requires collaborating. It requires us working together. And I feel like sometimes organizations, they feel that there's a competition and we need to support each other sometimes. Well, all the time in, in, in the work that we want to um, build with each other and sometimes not repeating um, some of the work. If we're doing something the same, then let's let's connect. Let's try to bond together. Let's try to, to do that trusting in it and in, in, in all that good stuff. I'm, I just founded a nonprofit organization in March and I'm not going to share that more about that right now because I would have actually um, shared it in, in a different episode. But what I'm learning um, is what is that community is so important and connecting with each other and finding that network to just sit down. And like, like you said, I have like a, a small group of four co-founders from different nonprofit organizations where we're going to meet for lunch and just sit and talk. And that's what we, that's what we feel that we need right now when it comes down to that support. And like you said, if two or three or four people show up, and be able to just work and connect and talk and, and build something, that's impact. That's impact. Like, you don't need, like, a whole large um, 100 people to just say that you want to make impact. And I feel like that's the pressure there that, that, that leaders feel when it comes down to say, oh, I want to make a major impact. Um, and I said, like, you can, make, you can make an impact in a smaller area um, and stuff like that. So really yeah. resonate with me, yeah. Good. Like, that, the... Smaller doesn't smaller in size and reach does not actually speak to impact in the way that, that you're drawing that connection. Like it there are many different types of scale in mm-hmm. this world and we've really focused a lot on scaling up uh, yeah. as as how we've collectively been defining success for a really long time. I think yeah. in, in matriarchal societies and in kind of in a feminist approach to um, socially impactful work we're starting to see a lot of people thinking and using the language of, of scaling at depth as having greater impact because it's more sustainable. Like the, the idea of reaching up and reaching out to so many all of the time, it it is burning out individuals who are doing the work. It's burning out our leaders. It's burning out our volunteers. Um, So in what ways can we work with the small to have great, deep roots before you know it's like building that foundation before you go up and out they are cooperative practice you can have organizations that scale to depth and then find their way up and out um but there's something there's something really special about scaling deeply and scaling inward as well as an organization or as an as an organizer understand 
why you do the work and, yeah. and really be grounded in that before you try to have the splashy, splashy impact, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally agree with that. How, how can we support each other more mm-hmm. um, as, as, we, as we connect? Because I know that there's not, there's not a lot of support going on right now um, in community. How can we do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, what, <laughs> what doesn't feel right anymore is giant gatherings of hundreds of people who are talked at. <laughs> That's not feeling right for me anymore. Um, how do we connect with each other? Like this, this is, I was at a, a gathering of, of folks in Belgium fairly recently. And, and I mean, they, there were hundreds of people from all over the world who were doing amazing socially impactful work, like just blow your socks off folks with um, solutions to all kinds of, of really big challenges, but no matter what they were kind of what their solution was that they were proposing or working within everybody was talking about migration. Like everyone was talking about climate migrate related migration that's going to happen in the next 10 years and the impact of having people who move around the world, not necessarily because they want to either. These are individuals who will be on the move who have a defined sense of community um, that might be different than yours and also may have had a really strong community and now don't have it anymore. So how to how we're going to build community differently, um, and how we're going to create connections that that actually welcome in totally different perspectives on what community looks like is going to become essential over the next uh, eight to ten years. As you know, I think the estimate is five billion people on the move in the next ten years. I guess deserts are encroaching and. Uh, water is rising and temperatures are rising, right? Like you can't stay where you are anymore. That's a five billion people is is a really significant movement. So you ask the question about like how how do we connect? And I I'll reciprocate or, or come back with a question about like maybe we don't know yet. Maybe the things that we've been doing thus far to build community where each of us are are really going to have to adapt yeah. in the next like in the immediate future and certainly over the next five to ten years because the way that we define and build community need to kind of center around peace building and empathy, um, like storytelling for empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, I've seen many examples where that's strong and done well, but like not enough. (laughs) We, we have all got to get better at doing this and we've kind of got to move on it pretty quickly. So I'm hoping that that type of circle practice happens here at Firelock. I hope that it happens in your community. I hope that it happens in as many spaces as often as possible over the next couple of years because it seems more I love that peace and empathy um, empathizing with each other and being able to to have those peaceful conversations but also room for just saying whatever you want to say in order for that and I think that that's where I'm at in the next gathering spaces that I'm hosting and stuff like that. Let's have reflection gatherings. Let's be able to talk. Let's be able to create space and stuff like that. Um, and that was like one of the gatherings I had last night with some young change makers who are amazing about um, just connecting with community and being able to, and it was really good to speak to them about that, but also knowing that you have to have that, that vulnerability, that humility and that, 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 those, those areas of passion in order to serve and in order to, to be there. 
Um, share a time in your life where you feel like you wish you had a community to run to or just someone else to talk to. Like, is there was there a time in your life? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll maybe I'll end it where we started, but parenting yeah. is is oh, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I I don't know. I had my kids pretty young. I was in my really early 20s. I didn't know what I didn't know. But as they started to kind of grow up and move out into the world a little bit, I started to feel that responsibility really heavily of like, how do I raise responsible humans um, who themselves will build care centered community? Like, whoa, how am I supposed to do that? How do I teach them empathy when I really only have my own lived experience? So like life schoolhouse was one of those solutions to finding community for my kids so that they were exposed to a lot of different ways of thinking. I felt it really strongly when, when I was a young parent and I think about all these young change makers that I work with as well, who are, you know, really invested in their solution, but also, you know, starting these new lives and and carting babies around to, to our activities and like passing those children um, from one lap to the next, because you can't do it alone. Like not yeah. only can you not take care of like the physical needs of a child, but like their their social upbringing needs to be a shared responsibility. And I don't know that we're totally set up for that. I didn't it, I didn't find it when I went looking for it, so I built it for for my two. Um, and I I think that is definitely a time in my life where I felt like the most vulnerable was when I was trying to figure out how to how to raise two empathetic. Um, respectful, uh, you know, stable, well-connected, tiny humans. <laughs> so maybe that, maybe we need more supports for people in that phase of life. For sure. It's hard. I love that. I love that. In parenting, yes. I, I haven't started my journey of that yet. So I don't, I, I don't know, but I, I definitely know that definitely supports in, in parenting is definitely area of connection. I'm so happy um, that you're strong women and someone who um, builds and be able to connect. And I really appreciate that. Wow. This is an amazing conversation. We need a part two of this conversation, um, a series, basically, of this conversation. I think I'm going to create a panel of individuals to bring together and talk about this because there needs to be more conversations on this, not just this, not just this episode. Um, so one message that you have to inspire others before we leave in today's conversation what what do you have for us one quote one tip one advice whatever that you have for us i'm just throwing it at you <laughs> oh my goodness what well whew. i mean that that's a piece of that's a life's work to come up with your one sentence um i i would just want to leave everybody with the thought that this is super not eloquent but like, you can just do it. You can build the kind of world that you want to live in. You can raise your children in community. You can just do it. If you don't have, you're not finding what you need. I think everyone needs to remember that you can build it for yourself. Um, so I'm really hoping that that is something that um, we stop waiting and we start engaging uh, actively. And, and in that way, we start to build the world we want to live in. Wow. Actually, you know, I was just thinking that in my heart that you just said that. I say so it connected with me just now. And I said, just do it, just do it, just be, be about it. Right? There's other reasons not to. I get it, but also, if you really want it, you might have to lean in 
first and see who shows up for that when the invitation is put out. So just do it. Wow. Jennifer, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Um, and we look forward to having you on previ- on next future episodes and stuff like that. If we do a panel Jen- around the fire, we'll do a little fire oh. circle panel. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be in, in Nova Scotia soon uh, to be able to sit um, in that fire community and hopefully creating the fire in Toronto as well. Yeah. Um, thank you so much again. A wonderful audience. Thank you so much for listening to this, to this episode and we will see you at the next one. Peace. Beautiful. Thanks. Take care.